0: The Hamlet Podcast, episode 100. Hello, and welcome to this exploration of Shakespeare's Hamlet with me, your host, Conor Hanrity. On the basis of Hamlet being about 4,000 lines long, the projected length of this podcast project at around 20 lines per episode is about 200 of them. This week, therefore, marks a halfway point as we reach the century. I'm delighted that this milestone coincides with a major turning point in the play, I don't know if Shakespeare wrote this symmetrically, and I can't even claim to have planned it quite this rigorously, so we'll we'll call it a happy accident. Polonius has just entered with fresh news of Hamlet's whereabouts for the troubled king. Rosencrantz and Guildenstern have been sent packing, or at very least to pack, for their English expedition, and the king and his counsellor are alone. Polonius shares his information as follows. My lord, he's going to his mother's closet. Behind the arras I'll convey myself, to hear the process, and warrant she'll tax him home, and, as you said, and wisely was it said, tis meet that some more audience than a mother, since nature makes them partial, should o'erhear the speech of vantage. Fare you well, my liege. I'll call upon you ere you go to bed and tell you what I know. Here Polonius shows us his entire modus operandi. He explains that Hamlet is going to his mother's closet. For Shakespeare, the word meant something like a private room or chamber, certainly something larger than a wardrobe or a closet, as we would associate the word today. Gertrude, the Queen, presumably has something like a private apartment in the Palace of Elsinore, and Hamlet is on his way to see her there. It's already a tense moment. Hamlet has intimated to us his violent feelings towards his mother. Polonius plans to eavesdrop, As he did earlier, when he put Ophelia in Hamlet's path, he will again hide himself, or convey himself, behind an arras. This is, of course, a curtain. The Danish court had obviously done great business with the French city famous for its tapestries, as the place seems to be adorned with them throughout. Polonius reassures Claudius that Gertrude will have some harsh words for her son. He warrants that she'll tax him home she's going to give him a severe dressing-down, he imagines, for his shenanigans this evening. Now we get a real glimpse of how Polonius works within Claudius's regime. He continues, And as you said, and wisely was it said, it's meet that some more audience than a mother, since nature makes them partial, should o'erhear the speech of vantage. Now, for starters, it wasn't Claudius that suggested this, it was Polonius. He's oiling his master's cogs with this seemingly deferential line. All the way back in Act 3, Scene 1, he himself suggested that in order to hear Hamlet and Ophelia's interview, he'd be placed, so please you, in the ear of all their conference. And now he's trying to make Claudius think that this brilliant strategy was his. Whether he's being deferential or just crafty or both, Isn't it a bit presumptuous of him to volunteer to hide in Gertrude's private quarters to listen to her conversation with Hamlet? He justifies this in a way that only the most suspicious autocrat might accept that Hamlet and his mother are surely too close and too intimate, and so really someone else should be present to overhear the speech. Some more audience than a mother, since nature makes them partial, should overhear the speech of Vantage. Regardless of how partial nature might make them, clearly Polonius is happy enough to deny the Queen and her son any privacy whatsoever. It's all phrased in such a way as to make Claudius agree with his suggestions, or indeed to imply that actually this is precisely how Claudius likes things to be done. Anyone who knows the play and what's to come might smirk ruefully at Polonius' suggestion here, but it's worth bearing in mind that if you don't know what's going to happen, this information is fresh and and rather chilling. Any similarities that Shakespeare wanted to draw between Polonius and Elizabeth's own counsellor, Lord Burleigh, might have felt particularly unsettling here. One wonders whether Elizabeth herself, a queen who might indeed have had occasional late-night conversations with young or younger men in her private apartments, could ever have trusted that she was completely alone. Burleigh's reach was notorious and any similarity between him and Polonius makes this little scene all the more potent. Claudius doesn't say anything. The monarch is seemingly happy to be kept informed by this overreaching minister who promises, I'll call upon you ere you go to bed and tell you what I know. This, coupled with a simple farewell my liege, is all Polonius has to say. He's explained the plan, yet another attempt to entrap Hamlet, and says he'll be back with information soon enough. Claudius merely says, thanks dear my lord, and Polonius exits. The tension is really racking up here. Hamlet has told us that he's stifling urges to hurt or kill his mother, since his suspicions have moved towards her in the midst of his ecstasy of rage against Claudius. We know he's on his way to see her. Now Polonius has explained that he's going to be in the room too, if all this weren't enough, Shakespeare does something very startling indeed, and instead of moving directly to that scene, he gives Claudius a soliloquy. We've spent most of the play being conditioned to see him as the bad guy, a murderer who sacrificed his own brother to gain political power, and then married his sister-in-law to seal the deal. At this pivotal point in the play, we get to hear what's going on in his head, and hear his side of things, It's one of the great dramatic moments in the play, as we will see when we start it in the next episode. For now, my very sincere thanks to you for listening and for your company for the journey so far. A hundred episodes and listeners in well over a hundred countries. I'm currently investigating the possibility of creating an app to accompany this podcast as a resource that will contain information and analysis for fans of this greatest of plays do please keep spreading the word, engaging on social media and of course tuning in. There are plenty more exciting scenes to come. I'll speak to you next time.